Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers animated podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm Transformers. And uh, today we're uh, doing a bit of grab bag at the end of the season. Uh, we're talking about the animated shorts Written by uh, Marty Eisenberg, uh, all ah. directed by Matt Youngberg, and they were all animated by Studio. Is it Four Degrees Celsius? Studio Four C. I guess. Ooh. I don't know. Like David Four Degrees C or something. It's apparently so named because that is the temperature at which water is the most dense. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. Sure. That is a scientific fact. Yes, but that's an interesting thing to name your animation company after. Yes. And, uh, this is, they, I think they did the, uh, the sort of tunnel sequence that you see in the credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did some of the stock footage. But that's about, and they did these shorts. Uh, they've also done, I think the most prominent thing they've done, uh, is that, uh, recent version of Thundercats. Huh, interesting. Seen, having nice animation, but also being very boring. Yeah. Very nice looking, not great. And I think they also did a bunch of Animatrix uh, segments. Which were... Eh, okay. Fun with experimental art. I mean, probably more enjoyable than those Matrix sequels. Maybe. Yeah, fair. It's been a while since I've rewatched either. (laughs) They're they're not very good. (laughs) Anyway, so a couple of these uh, were available on the first, uh, on the old, uh, was it Rhino uh, DVDs? Or maybe Paramount. Anyway, the, the, the original DVDs of Transformers Animated had some of these shorts on them. And then a couple, I think, were only on Hasbro's website and are now just on YouTube. Yeah, but not all of them. There, too. They were only aired uh, twice. They were shown at uh, two different BotCons. Uh, 2009 in Pasadena, and 2012 in Dallas. Huh. 2012 is, hmm. you know, long after yeah. sort of the shelf life of that series. I guess they had enough people there that they had like an anniversary panel or something. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, one involves Blitzwing, who finds a piece of string with both the Autobot and Decepticon logos on it, and then flips it around while making the uh, symbol transition music from Generation 1. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's delightful. Okay. That's da, 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 da. And then another one is about Starscream dreaming that the Decepticons have made him their leader. <laughs> Aw. Oh, that's Starscream. But we that did not get that Aw. But we do have Optimus Prime and a bunch of ungrateful children. <laughs> the the noisiest of which is little Daniel. Yes. Little Daniel Whitwicky. Visiting uh, Black River Elementary School. Which there are several Black Rivers in Michigan, so close enough. I don't think any of them are actually in Detroit. Eh. Maybe some of the rivers in Detroit are now black thanks to Isaac Sundak's robot pollution. <laughs> Distinctly possible. Yeah. <laughs> 
Ha-ha, industrialization. And they basically... Could be a school owned by a private military corporation. Oh. <laughs> this future is terrifying indeed. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, these children basically ask uh, Optimus Prime a bunch of questions uh, like they're at a botcon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. They find out uh, where his head goes. Get into voice acting. <laughs> yes. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Optimus Prime, can you do your character ordering at the drive-thru at McDonald's? <laughs> yeah, they they want to know where his head goes when he turns into a fire truck, how he sees when he's a fire truck, and they and they also want him to change into a fire truck because a fire truck is way more interesting than a giant space robot. Yeah, that actually that, that's kind of like trying to introduce uh, rescue bots to my nephew, and he didn't understand why you would want something to not be a truck. <laughs> And, and I sort of gave up after that point. It's like, I, I can't teach him. I can't teach this child. Oh. Too old for the training. <laughs> yes. Right, so he transforms, transforms back into a robot, and then Daniel wants to know where his trailer goes when he goes into a robot. <laughs> <laughs> of course. The eternal question. I like that some of these are just the eternal questions, like how they see in vehicle mode. It's subspace, Daniel. Subspace. <laughs> and then, thankfully, uh, we cut before anybody can ask uh, whether Unicron would beat the Death Star. <laughs> uh, or if sleeping with uh, Air Razor is like, is like sleeping with a bird, if you know. If you know. <laughs> I, I would like to note that this uh, this novel I'm working on has a romantic interest who can be a bird, and that keeps going through my mind whenever I'm working with any of that. I, I can't I can't deal with that. Oh, well, now I'm just thinking of uh, that uh, Alec Baldwin's first season love interest in the uh, first season of Thirty Rock, who has hollow bones. <laughs> oh God! Careful, my bones. I, you know. Uh, but what we do know is that our next short is Starscream Heckles Megatron. Ah, oh, that's pretty cute. Same credits, and again, this one kind of has to take place out of continuity. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, all of our first season Decepticons are there, uh, all in their Earth modes, and they are never together at any point in the series. In fact, uh, Blitz... Uh, I mean, Black Rackney gives Megatron the slip, uh, or the Decepticons. Basically, she's with them in the first episode, and then never again. She is a rogue agent after yes. that. The Megatron is giving a big speech to the uh, to the assembled Decepticons. Whilst this is going on, Starscream is making faces. He is giving him the bunny ears. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. And I've had this feels so Starscreamy. Without even having Tom Kenny's voice. Yes. <laughs> and the uh, the animation is very cartoony in all of these. Yeah. And it really works for this. It's a little yeah. extra cartoony. Anyway, eventually Starscream ends up mooning the audience, uh, at, which point, at which point Megatron turns down at the right point and shoots him in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> Through the wall. Yes. With a, a Looney Tunes-style Starscream-shaped hole. <laughs> yes. 
I suppose this could take place during that one upcoming montage. That's true. Oh, I, don't yeah. you, I don't know the Black Arachne was around during that, though. I guess she could have just dropped sure. in. Just checking in. And our next, our next short, the most terrifying of all, Mime, Mime. Times. Mimes. It's a good way to avoid having to cast an extra voice actor. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Is, isn't somebody from, like, Voltron or something from the planet of the Mimes? No, that's Silverhawks. Silverhawks. Oh, there's that one mime one. Like, like the, the kid character is from the planet of the mimes. Why? Yeah, he just whistles and stuff. It's annoying. That doesn't count as mime if you're whistling. That's... I don't think, I don't remember if he ever talks. He, he just makes noises. Yeah, I, that sounds familiar, but also that invalidates it being a mime. Oh. It's wrong. Planet of the nonverbal. That's fair. That's fair. Planet Onomatopoeia. <laughs> their their king is that guy from Police Academy. Ooh. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. Anyway, this mime is decidedly terrestrial. And indeed the extraterrestrial Bumblebee and Bulkhead uh, have no idea what he's doing. Sorry says it's supposed to be entertaining, and they're like, uh... I was almost expecting this to take the horrible turn of... After Sorry says, oh, he's pretending to be a robot, then being just horrified at how racist it is. (laughs) (laughs) That is cultural appropriation. (laughs) They're insulted, but not to that degree, yeah. And I mean, you can't punch down on an Autobot because they're gigantic. Yeah. So it's okay. Yeah, Bumblebee's just confused by how someone can act and do things without having a working voice box. Like in some (laughs) other continuities. I mean, surely he should at least be communicating with his radio and uh, clips of movies. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Perhaps some popular uh, scene-appropriate songs. I mean... I mean, the mime is doing that. Unfortunately, he just did recordings of silent film actors. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, I have seen Charlie Chaplin movies. You, sir, are no Charlie Chaplin. (laughs) You're not even a Harold Lloyd. (laughs) Anyway, so Bumblebee shows uh, the mime how robots really move by by popping and unlocking. (laughs) Very impressive. And since he's a robot, it's a literal electric boogaloo. And this makes everybody clap. And unfortunately, Bulkhead does not understand clapping either. No. No, he doesn't. And he, well, I mean, because as we will, as will be pointed out, he doesn't really have hands. No. <laughs> and so, unfortunately, once he decides to, uh, to go along with this, he creates massive destruction. Good job. A sonic attack capable of disabling Venom. <laughs> yeah, it's like when the Hulk claps his hands together. Yes. Yes. Well, not quite as destructive. He's creating more of a wind effect somehow. Yes. I still feel like Thoom would be an appropriate sound effect. It's definitely a Thoom. <laughs> yes. And then Bumblebee and Sari, this is apparently a regular occurrence for them, because they just drive away to disappear in traffic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. 
Yes, this is a, a scheme that they apparently are, are well versed in. And our next, our next sketch is catch. This one is pretty straightforward. It's, it's bulkhead. Grimlock like fetch. Yes. Pretty cute. Bulkhead is throwing an entire tree for Grimlock to fetch. <laughs> it's some so, very good animation of him running and catching it. Yeah. Yes. He wags his tail like a dog. But Dinobots no pets. Yeah, that was, uh, like I said, these are kind of out of continuity. Yeah. And the last one fits in because we don't know whether or not Bulkhead knows how to clap or what Bumblebee's opinion of mimes are anywhere else in the series. Next up, Evil Knievel Jump. Uh, Sadly, we do not see Prowl decked out in, like, stars and stripes. That would be an interesting redeco. And he also doesn't get addicted to (laughs) painkillers. Awkward. I'm not sure if that actually happened to Evil Knievel. I may just be thinking of that uh, one episode of Harvey Birdman with Devlin. <laughs> Damn it. Stupid Devlin. And indeed, Prowl, uh, Prowl is planning to jump not Snake Canyon, but all of the uh, Autobots in vehicle mode. That seems doable. Yeah, I mean, you've got only four of them, and one is very small. Yeah. Unfortunately, the very small one is a jerk. Yes. Because, <laughs> because indeed, as Prowl takes off, after doing some meditation, uh, Bumblebee transforms into robot mode and jumps up. And so Prowl just smacks into the ramp. <laughs> that Bumblebee. Bumblebee laughs at him because he's a jerk. And then Prowl throws a ninja star at him. Which, as always, does nothing. Yes. The important pres- thing is he tried. Yes, presumably he didn't throw it very hard. It's apparently not very sharp either, like Ninja Stars are supposed to be. Well, clearly he threw it at the precise angle, so it would just hit like the round part of the cur- of the uh, point. Yeah, sure he did. He's That's a ninja. not just what he says. I mean, he okay. doesn't want to murder Bumblebee. I mean, Why not? He kind of no. wants to, but... <laughs> Only as much as everyone does. <laughs> Poor Bumblebee. Right. Uh, we get to our next one, which I think is my favorite. Uh, operating table. Oh. Ratchet is performing some kind of surgery on Bulkhead, and Sari is acting as his assistant, just passing him stuff, which is way too heavy for her to lift. Such a good sight gag. So finally, and... Uh, Oddly, the laser scalpel looks almost exactly like the uh, weapon that comes with the samurai prowl toy. Ooh. Is his wheel sword. Ooh. So, operation's done. He uh, welds Bulkhead back up. And, uh, unfortunately, Bulkhead notices that uh, something's missing, and that would be the entire shelf of organs that he left <laughs> out of him. <laughs> Good job. But Ratchet is not one to be deterred, so he just cracks open a bulkhead's mouth and pours those parts into him. <laughs> sure, that'll work. You can trust him. He's a doctor. Yeah. And then he just walks off whistling uh, the Transformers theme tune. 
<laughs> it's a great cover of it. I wonder if that's actually Corey Burton whistling. Ooh, maybe. I hope it is. Yes. I would imagine so. And then our final one that was actually released uh, is Explosive Fist. <laughs> We're in the middle of a forest, and Lugnut is making a giant hole with the punch of kill everything. <laughs> Does it again, making a bigger crater, and then a third time, making a colossal Yucatan-sized crater. It's very large. Very impressive. So then Bulk hit her. So then Blissman just peers over and says that, uh, you know, it's nice work, but uh, I think we should uh, actually put the swimming pool over there. (laughs) Why do they need a swimming pool? They have a lake. Uh, I mean, I plenty mean, people in Michigan have. The swimming pool has been his defeat multiple times. Yes, <laughs> not going back in that lake. All the bad fair. stuff. That's fair. And, uh, yeah, that is the shorts. They're pretty amusing. Uh, Transformers has gone back to this well a, a little since then. There are some uh, robots in disguise shorts that what? actually, yes. First uh, I've heard take, of them. Yeah, um, yeah uh, fractures in them, and uh, those two cyclone minicons. Aw, minicons! Yay! Oh. They're small. Let me look these up because they they came out I think only on Hasbro's website, and they take place between the seasons, and then the characters who first appear in them uh, later turn up. Oh. Hmm. Oh, it's ransack and backtrack. Oh. And uh, yeah, they're pretty decent. Anyway, so um, I think that's the only time they've come back to that, even though I think animated shorts are kind of a bigger thing now than they were for a while. Because, like, Teen Titans Go, that's all shorts, right? It's, it's short It's a sitcom-y kind of, like, two 15-minute sitcom, or two 12-minute sketches. Okay, and then that's, and then Steven Universe is also, that's also all 15 minutes, right? Yeah. yeah. So I wonder... I mean, I guess wasn't SpongeBob or isn't SpongeBob like that too? I I've ever never actually watched an episode of that. I'm not sure. <laughs> I've never been high enough, I guess. <laughs> I'm almost certain it must be because it it's from the era when that was standard for uh, animated comedy. Mm-hmm. And it's just kept going since then. Yes, yeah. it, it's still on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, has it been on for like 15 years or something? It's got to be, jeez. Tom Kenny has got to be, like, racking up the Welker money. <laughs> Seriously. First aired in 1999. Good lord. Jeez, it is almost yeah. That's almost 20 years. Can't deal with that. It's too long, too old. Good lord. Gonna go keel over now. <laughs> oh, jeez, I, I know what's putting Tom Kenny's kids through college. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, yes, that is. Uh, those are the short. You know, they're they're enjoyable enough. I I really like the animation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're very short, but yes. Yeah. I don't think any of them went over two minutes. No. I think one of them is actually under a minute. The Evil Knievel one's really short. Hmm. Yes. And it has the meditation at the beginning, which is kind of filler. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, so uh, Transformers Animated got a, pr- got a very extensive toy line. 
It yeah. did. I not only did we get the the usual, you know, your deluxes, your voyagers, and your leaders, as most uh, Transformer series end up getting. I uh, also had activators, which are kind of like uh, I think this might have been the first time they had done this. They're sort of the the jump starter t- style ones that have the auto transformation. Yeah, um, yeah I think that's the first time, but it's probably the first time since we had similar stuff with Cyberjetty kind of designs. Yes. Yeah. And, and the, I think they really started that with the movie series. I, or was it second movie? Because they were so hard to I do a movie seen. series that was sort of outside of the, the usual price points. I know for the first movie they had the fast action battlers, which were oh, sort right. of along the same lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those were just simplified transformations. These are almost like... Uh, Auto transformation. Slightly bigger than Legends scale releases with auto transformation. Mm-hmm. Right. And this, this series also did have uh, Legends as well, uh, which I think had been introduced in Transformers Cybertron, which are not auto transformation guys, but they are tiny guys with uh, uh, simple transformations, which we currently have now. I think, are they Cyberverse now, or what do they call them? Something... Yeah, I don't even. I don't even size classes keep <laughs> names of size classes. No, I uh, don't see the uh, Legends class ones for this toy line on the wiki's listing form. No, that's strange because they were. I know they existed. Oh, apparently yeah, they were released in the some... uh, universe line after the series kind of ended. Mm, oh, okay, that's weird. Huh. Huh. Oh, and apparently this also got a. Uh, a Happy Meal promotion, which I did not remember. Yes, I I actually found my lug nut from there while I was cleaning stuff out. And apparently there was a Blitzwing that was only available in France. Ooh. Also, so on I, eBay. also, I believe a different version released in Latin America with a slightly reduced toy selection, but new tooling for each one. Wow. Oh. Those are, wow, those Latin American ones are kind of hilarious looking. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, they're jump starters. Huh. That's cute. They are adorable. And I think Hasbro worked very caref- very closely with the toy designers uh, to make the toys very accurate to the animation models. Yeah. Uh, Eric Siebenhaler was working with Derek Wyatt on the early development for the animated series, much in the style of uh, Aaron Archer going out to ILM to work with them on the design of the initial movie designs. Ah. Yeah. Although apparently the work, uh, the close work continues as uh, the, I guess Hasbro just did like a media or like a fan site event with a bunch of sites. And among the things they discussed there is that they used the actual computer models of uh, Dragonstorm to make uh, the, the heads for his uh, big toy. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. Now, oh, I modern mean, technology. Normal? I mean, you'd want to get those kind of assets from the studio, but I'm talking about it going in the other direction where you have, like, Aaron Archer and Eric Siebenhaler and other Hasbro people working with the animation studio and going, okay, I get what you're going for with this, but if we tweak it like that, we can make sure this will work on the toy, too. Oh. Yeah, I've, I've heard that there was a lot of uh, work, a, a lot of... Uh, 
collaboration uh, between Eric Siebenhaller and Derek Wyatt on and, you know, the the other design people on animated to to get things just right. And as such, uh, because the show had quite a large cast, uh, thanks to cell animation being cheaper than uh, computer animation, pretty much every toy in the line ended up being on the show. Yeah. Uh, yes, but not the other way around. No, there it ended up being a lot. I in the first season though, pretty much every robot gets a toy. I think everyone does. It's the second season when the constructicons show up that uh things go south for the toys. We, we start getting characters that are just on the show and not getting the toy. Yes. Yeah. There weren't I mean, too many, but there were a few. Well, I mean, once they get back to Cybertron. Yes, I mean, once uh, you've got yeah. like a zillion guys in the background, that's understandable. Yeah, not 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 counting the Cybertron, but for everybody on Earth, I think everybody except the Constructicons gets a toy. Um, well, I mean, technically there's one character who we have seen, but do not yet realize is a character. Ah, uh, that's uh, true. Who does not get a toy. Yeah, that's a <laughs> technicality. Yes. I'll let that one pass. I'm just annoyed we never got any of the Constructicons. Although they probably would have had to be leader class, except for one of them. And yeah. I, I don't know the construction vehicles sell all that well. Surprisingly, I don't. Well, maybe not, not as much as they did in the eighties, anyway. No, I certainly remember a, a lot of, a lot of scoops hanging around forever when they made that new scoop. Yeah. And as much as I enjoy that, I'm still not entirely sure why they made a new scoop. Not a damn clue. You know, cause scoop. I mean, I like Scoop and all, but and I guess they probably had the name from G.I. Joe. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe they were just looking at kind of they had planned out and were like, we needed an orange guy. This is possible. Yeah. I, I figure as far as the, the recent stuff, they just wanted a representative of that, you know, set of toys. Yeah. I mean, they could have made Landfill. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's more exciting than Landfill, who is beige. And who is the other guy in that? Quick he's mix. a beige Dump truck. Oh, yeah, Actually, or... technically a garbage truck. Yes. Although, in fact, this line, uh, next season, will give us our first transforming garbage truck. That's Yay. true. And it Yay. is awesome. Oh, yes. Well, wasn't there... Oh, no, I'm thinking tow trucks. Well, was there a Minicon dump truck? Something? Garbage truck? I don't think so. We are. There was uh, one for Age of Extinction that I think only came out in, like, Europe. Oh, weird. But I don't believe, uh, I don't think any of the minicons are garbage trucks. Hmm. But yes, uh, so yeah, our main, I mean, there were a ton of Optimus Prime toys. There's a, there's a Cybertron mode one that's actually very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Cybertronian one. There is a Voyager one that kind of only turns into part of a, uh, fire truck, but that's the one I have because the other one is ridiculously gigantic. <laughs> yes. The other yeah, one. Roll out. Oh, well, co- yeah. And there's the deluxe one that came with the Megatron. Oh, right. There are a lot. Uh, although, there are two separate Cybertron mode Optimus Primes. There's two? Yes. Jeez. Or, wait, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm confusing these. There is the... That's the Japanese version. Never mind. There, The one that oh, did come with Megatron is the deluxe one. Yeah. It's kind of got, like, battle damage that looks weird. Yeah, it's just painted on battle damage, so... It- it just looks like he has black lightning on him. Yeah. 
And yeah, there's Voyager, uh, there are a bunch of repaints, and yes, there is the rollout command, which is like Supreme Cheetor sized. <laughs> Big. Big dude. And yeah, there were also a couple different bulkheads. There's a Voyager one, which is a little too small, and then a leader one, which is the appropriate size. Yes, because yeah. he is huge. Unfortunately, there comes, isn't... Oh. He comes with Headmaster. Yes, he does. Yes. Well, the, the, yeah, the, this Voyager bulkhead isn't in good scale unless you have a Bumblebee Christmas ornament that came out. Yes. That is uh-huh. the perfect scale with him, which I have. Yeah, unfortunately, there are some scale issues. I mean, not Beast Machines type scale issues. No. Oh, Bumblebee's, not, Bumblebee's yeah, a little yeah. too big, and Lugnut especially is a little too dinky. Yeah. Yeah. Because Lugnut is a big wide guy, and his toy is wide but not tall, so he's kind of teensy. Yeah. And also, the Starscream to, works out fine. Yeah, Starscream is very good, and they certainly reused that mold a zillion times. As so they should have. Yes. <laughs> as is inevitable with a Starscream. Um, the Prowl is very good, and I think maybe has one of the best motorcycle transformations. Yeah. Of any Most transformer. There's a very good Plakarachnia, who I've just recently found while packing and going through stuff, and I'm now playing with. And which was uh, later uh, remolded uh, with uh, giant bazooms into the... Uh, <laughs> yes. Into Beast Wars Plakarachnia. Thanks, Japan. And uh, she is the primary influence for Plakarachnia's design in the IDW universe right now. That's correct. So, good toy. I like it a lot. Uh, they eventually made all of the Dinobots, and they are all pretty neat. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we got a lockdown that actually has the... Uh, does he have the EMP generator from that episode? Or yes, does he Ratchet? does. Uh, he yeah, has the it, first and one it, comes you, with it. And you can plug it into Ratchet. Yeah, and then Ratchet also comes with a bunch of tools, which is kind of awesome. Yes. yes. Yeah, which I've lost. <laughs> <laughs> They've just wandered off. Who knows? Well, they don't store in vehicle mode or something. Uh-huh. They can, but it's kind of it looks kind of goofy. Uh-huh. Uh, there's there's also a sound wave which comes with a laser beak guitar which is not featured in the show. Yes, and then they did the redeco of him, a sound blaster, and remolded that into a keytar that was Rat Bat. Yes. Yep. And then they do eventually both show up when he shows up again. Yeah. Well, I do have one correction to offer. We do have one toy-only character. Oh, uh, Oil Slick. Yes. Oh, yes. he show, he he showed up eventually. He, yeah, he, he did show, show up on an episode of the show. I thought yes. he only showed up in like the comics and source book. You know, he showed up in the third season. I think slightly yeah. redesigned. Ha! Huh. I would guess probably as a background. Well, he's the first. Like, the first moments of that series you see, or that uh, three-parter to open the third season, you see, uh, like, a team of five Autobots led by Hot Rod. Oh, yeah. Fighting uh, a oh. team of five Decepticons. Rodimus Major. Rodimus Major. Rodimus Major. And one of the Decepticons is Blackout. Yes. And that toy only came out in Japan. Yes. Oh, I forgot about that. It looked very good. Yes. It looked awesome. It had, like, a giant handcuff. Yes. Thing. There was this rear rotor. Yeah, really cool. Uh, damn it, I don't want that. <laughs> Forgot all about it. 
Oh, yes, Oil Slick did eventually show up on the show, but I think he was toy first, and then... Uh, I remember he was then, something Eric was toying around with on his own, and just kind of made a toy out of. I was actually, I mean, like I said, I've been going through stuff. This is all very fresh for me, because I've been going through all this stuff. And there's basically, I'm getting to a point where I'm, you know, thinking that... I, I'm not going to keep stuff that is not going to be on display a lot, uh, but I was just thinking that I totally want to keep that oil slick just because, like, I talked to Eric a lot at BotCon and, you know, personal reasons. He has a good story to him. Yeah, and he's super cool looking. He is also a very good motorcycle transformer, which is yes. something that can be very hit or miss. Yeah. Oh, yes. Often you just can't end up with wheels sticking out somewhere. Off yeah. And off the back. Yeah. Or just weird body shape. Yes. But I, I think Prowl and Oil Slick both do that very well. Yeah. Oh, and in fact, one of the uh, characters who we thought would be uh, pretty much uh, show only did in fact uh, show up later uh, as I think a Toys R Us exclusive, uh, RC. Yes. How are you? Yes, we got a very good, and that was, I mean, that was really our first, I mean, since her design was very, very heavily G1 influenced, it was the first very G1 influenced RC proper toy like that that we got. Yes. And, and I remember her, her being okay, but she has swords that she really can't very, can't hold particularly well. Yeah, her hands tend to get stress marks around the swords. Yeah. But they do store nicely in her, like, back kibble. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we even get, uh, a, uh, a Cybertronian ratchet, uh, that also came in that wave. Yes! That is a really cool toy. It is. Yeah. And I think, is that it for, oh no, uh, I guess I'm talking about Bumblebee, who do, who comes with his uh, boosters that he has in the uh, in the uh, nanosec episode. Actually, scale wise, just take the activator version. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because those activators are all really pretty good toys. Yeah. But uh, one one very interesting note uh, when that stuff started coming out was that. I don't know what exactly the, uh, what, what, uh, witchcraft allowed this to happen, but for BotCon that year, there were a lot of the animated stuff just showed up in Cincinnati, which is where it was that year. Like, I know Cincinnati is, I believe Cincinnati is one of the test markets, or at least a place that tends to be a test market. Yes, yeah, Cincinnati is commonly used as a test market for so a lot it, of things. It may be that they use those distribution channels. Uh, let's see, what was that? The the built to rule like Energon stuff that? Oh right, that barely, barely got released. Yeah, I think that was test marketed there. Uh, but yeah, so they probably use those distribution channels. But that stuff showed up like just in time for BotCon. And by just, just in, in time for BotCon, we mean that the people who had booths were raiding all the stores as much as anyone else to bring booths with. Yeah, but, you know, and it was a lot of fun if you were driving down there because, you know, I've said I'm in Columbus. 
And so driving down there and just, you know, finding all the, the local stores to go check out on the way was, was pretty fun. Somebody, somebody picked me up a lockdown. I can't remember who, but I definitely got one there. Yeah. So I'm, I know I got my bumblebee nice and early. Actually, I think, uh, me and some friends went down like a week earlier, like as soon as the stuff started showing up and I got my bumblebee then. So it's pretty exciting. And then of course there are, really neat. there are a ton of toys that are interested in the second season. One of which I think is maybe one of my top five Transformers ever that I cannot discuss because its gimmick is a spoiler. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. This is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, this is I was actually, uh, you know, I had a friend who was going through it who was looking at my toys, and I had to take that one out of the collection. I was like, no, you can't see that one yet. It's a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> No, I no, think you I have, have to keep it in this mode or this mode. There are no other modes. Yes. <laughs> certainly not. There's certainly not a, a secret additional robot mode. <laughs> and I think the toy line, it did pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember much Seems of it to. languishing on clearance. It, it did seem to be easy enough to find, but there wasn't like of it. No. If anything, it had the problem of uh, the movies were so successful that Hasbro had to move out of it early, and that left a lot of stuff, like as we said, either winding up as exclusives or canceled in the U.S. and only coming out in Japan. Yes. Yeah. Alas. But yeah, it was Alas. really the the third season where they ended up having just piles and piles of background characters who you know, were just created to be background characters and weren't yeah. toys or anything, like yeah. tracks with his tiny glasses. <laughs> or sea spray with his uh, inner tube. <laughs> yes. He looked like that duck from U.S. Acres. Oh, my oh God. God, Wade. Should have, had a little, should have had a little sea spray head on the front of it. Yes. <laughs> Voiced by comedy legend Howard Morris. Ha. Huh. I don't really know who that is. He was on like a lot, of, like I think your show of shows and a bunch of like stuff that was big in like the 50s and 60s. Ah. Uh, I believe he was also regular on the Andy Griffith show. Oh, sure. So old stuff. That yes, I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, that, remember that show was run by uh, Mark Evanier, who was like a big 50s and 60s comics ner- comic nerd. Ah. Uh. All right. So yeah, I think that that about wraps up the toy line. There was also a video game that I don't know that any of us played. Uh, I played a bit of it. It was a decent, if a bit childish, uh, side scroller with some puzzle solving elements. Like, kind of think uh, maybe Lost Vikings ish as a touch point for it. Okay. And it was it had, uh, like, handheld, the old, wasn't it? Yeah, it was for DS. And didn't they get the entire voice cast, or at least more, mostly the entire voice cast? Uh, yeah, they got a lot of the voice cast. Marty Eisenberg wrote the story, although he'd already basically written the story as one of the seasons of the show, mm-hmm. and just kind of adapted it to being a game. Okay. All right. So, uh, I think that should do it for this week. Uh, 
You can find us all over the internet. We are on uh, Twitter. We are on Tumblr. And we're on Facebook. And we are hosted by Icon Underground Net, uh, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting costs and equipment upgrades and that sort of thing. Uh, you can help us out by going to patreon.com slash Underground. Uh, we have exclusive content now, and we should have some more exclusive content in the future. So come on over. Help us out. You know we're going to be talking about uh, The Lost Night, and I, for one, am excited, and I imagine nobody else is. <laughs> you, for one, are excited. <laughs> excited to talk about it? Because considering the last few movies, there'll probably be a lot of material for yes, us. Yes, because it'll be like five hours long. Yeah, I think they've said, I think it's been confirmed at two and a half. Yes. However, because yeah, the first rumor was at like three hours and it scared everyone. It's like, <laughs> and oh. Michael Bay came out and said, no, that's not true on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Though I think as a bonus episode, we should do a Decepticon Raider in King Arthur's Court. Ooh. <laughs> that episode is Maybe very when it comes silly. out on DVD. It is. It is. Rumble ends up covered in seagull poop. Good old fashioned feast. So our, our, <laughs> So our June Patreon episode's going to be a little late in the month, because we got to wait for the movie yes. to come out. All right, and we will, uh, you can, if you uh, want to write us in for something you'd like to see on a Patreon episode, or on a future episode of uh, Stasis Pod itself, then please write into the Maxim Mailbag at stasispodcast at gmail.com. And of course you can find us wherever finer podcasts are found on both Google Play and on iTunes. Uh, wherever you find us, please rate and review us. So until next time, when we'll dig some giant robots, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. Unfortunately. Spoiled what we're doing, sort of people remember. Hey, so oh, never mind. I found it. No. Uh, <laughs> need a break or anything before we do the uh, the next episode? Uh, yeah, I need a I looked up on Micro Center's website, and the only headset they have that's uh. Hey, let me stop the recording and restart it. Oh, yeah.